Well, good evening. Welcome to The Political Strategist. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Uh, and thank you for listening to this podcast. As always, I uh, don't take it for granted. Uh, and uh, tonight, uh, tonight, uh, I won't waste any time. But I want to talk about something. And uh, like I tell you all the time, uh Probably things that you hear here on the political strategist will not, will not, I repeat, will not probably be heard uh, on the evening news. It will not be heard uh, by mainstream media. It may be on social media uh, and it might be heard via word of mouth. Grassroots is what I would like to call it. But sometimes I hold on to a uh, an experience that I've had to, just to see if it's really uh, a necessary, uh, I call it evil, because sometimes I say things that people don't understand and don't believe, uh, but that doesn't change the truth of it. And I've learned that. I've learned to... Uh, persist and insist about what I know to be the truth. And uh, when we are in trouble as a country, I understand that it is my duty to report truth. And, And I don't believe it's just my truth. I believe that it expands beyond and protrudes outside of my circle of acquaintances family, and so forth. And particularly, I think it may have, my truth may be the truth of others, other women, other men. And so we have an evil in this country. And I'm going to say we have a Goliath that needs to be killed. His head needs to come off. And I'm not at this point talking about the president of the United States. I've I've informed you before that we have other evil people that are operating in this country, and they've been here a very, very long time. You know, let's start with uh, President Kennedy and his assassination in Dallas, Texas. Let's start there. And who was responsible and who is terrorizing and holding this nation hostage with terror with jealousy. Uh, But this is what I want to say. This event took place on December 2nd. Uh, I did not yet talk about it. I wanted to jump on the podcast and talk about it that day. However, I I just didn't, you know, feel, feel led or moved that day. However, I do today. Because, you know, I always believe in this. Things will just get worse if, Someone, if these evils are not challenged, if these evils are not exposed, and I always talk about Dr. Fauci and who he is and who he is promoted to be, and yet with our very ears and eyes, we want to discount that he is a liar. I tell you all the time that one of the major things I did as a law clerk and uh, for a minute as a lawyer's work for medical malpractice firms. And we were in the business of challenging 
opinions of doctors. And uh, almost there was never an opinion that could not be challenged. It could not be proven incredible. I, I don't, I, even in my uh, litigation efforts against, in cases where I had significant medical injuries and I had to hire and retain medical experts and so forth, um, maybe where an insurance company doctor said that the injury was not connected to an accident or, you know, made some other opinion that may have been inversely impacted uh, my clients and where I had to uh, retain opposing medical experts that had a different opinion and, of course, supporting evidence for those opinions. But this is what I got on here for. On December 2nd, I went to a testing site. It was a school to do a COVID-19 test. Of course, it's required. You can't work as a, a teacher. You can't work as any kind of professional unless you take the test. Of course, that's an invasion of our privacy rights. That's an invasion of our rights. It's, it's a, 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 a forced protocol, a forced invasion of our rights, our freedom, our liberty. Uh, I've had enough trouble being discriminated against uh, all these years for who I am. And now here comes COVID-19, a very uh, convenient now way to discriminate. And so the history of discrimination continues, uh, but for a different reason. But anyway, I did submit. I said, okay, let me go COVID test. I feel fine. I have no physical symptoms of being sick. And so I don't expect to be found positive in any way. Uh, and so I went to test. When I went into the school, this is a very unfortunate part about this. When I went into the school, I felt fine. I test tested what it was a very brief swab of my nostril. So brief. I said, it's incredible to even get any data from that. That's, that's what I surmise, but we'll see what happens. I, I didn't say anything. I decided to uh, remain quiet until I saw the results. Okay. And, and they wanted to rapid uh, result me. I said, no. No, no rapid results. I don't want any mistakes. I want you to take your time and do what you can, but a little sample you got. And the sample was so infinitesimal that I, I don't, you know, hey, I don't even think it was enough to test anything. But nevertheless, so three days later, the test came back negative. Well, I was going to challenge it anyway if it came back anything else. I'm feeling fine, no fever know anything at that, that day and time. But when I came out of that school, this is a high school, I will not name the school. Um, there were military planes hovering over the testing site. And I have, I took pictures too. I can put up the pictures. Um, and I have, I don't know, spent the last five, six, seven years posting pictures of military planes hovering over me, following me, and so forth. It's every day. I believe that the, uh, the, the very practice of posting those pictures has probably become, 
you know, very mundane to people to see it, you know, because it's usually the same thing over and over. But on this particular day, there were many, maybe three or four planes hovering over the testing site. And there were visible trails being left by these by these uh, planes. I say they're military planes. Who else would get up and spread chemicals like this and not be uh, challenged and not be answering, you know, accountable to somebody. You're spreading chemicals in, in civilian communities inside of the United States. Uh, but anyway, when I came out of the testing site, I felt so sick. I felt weak to the point I did not think I could make it to my car. I felt like I was just going to drop to the ground. And it happened as I hit the door to go outside. And believe me, I I knew instantly it was the chemicals being disseminated above, right above the school. And the planes that hovered there. And so I said, you know, this is clear evidence. And I always volunteered to polygraph, polygraph for everything, because it's the truth. And that's why I waited to see what the results were. Because these planes appeared, uh, like I said, at my arrival, when I arrived, I don't know how long they had been there, if they had been there before. But that's why I waited, too, to see what the results were. But when I came out of that testing site, this is December 2nd, I felt so ill to the point I could not make it to my car. And I said to myself, this is the real COVID-19 right here. COVID-19 is a chemical. It's a chemical, an air uh, disseminated chemical. And if this is what's going on at testing sites all over the nation, uh, chemicals that are uh, inhabiting these testing sites, of course, people might test, you know, positive or it might, the test might come back positive and they might say, well, I had symptoms. So I know something was wrong, but I, I noticed that most people, you have to bring an awareness to this issue. Do not look up in the sky and, and, and see what's over them. You know, people look around them. They look to their left. They look to their right. They look to the front, to the back. I think we are less inclined to look above us, see what's going on above us. But that particular day, there were several places. I felt sick and I never feel sick. Very rarely do I feel ill like that. I mean, I don't have colds. I don't have flus. Very rarely uh, in the last, uh, I say, <laughs> 10 years of my life, very rarely. Uh, and so I don't have those feelings, very rarely. And so that day, I did not feel I could make it from the door of that facility to my car. And it was just mere feet away. I, I'm not a good measure of time and distance. So I'll just say it was, you know, my car, I, when, I, when I stood at the door, I could see my car and it wasn't that far. But I did not think I could make it from my 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 the door where I came out of that uh, that school to my vehicle. That's how bad I felt. And I knew immediately it was the chemicals and, I, and the chemical uh, it, um, uh, infiltrations that uh, 
uh, caused me to feel like that. Now, as I got to my vehicle, I had to wait a few minutes before I actually drove, but then I was uh, anxious to get away from there, that school. And I felt very desperately sorry for the students or anyone else that may have been entering that facility because I know those same chemical elements, uh, but for the fact they probably uh, were diluted by the air at one point, uh, may have impacted someone else's testing. And it would be interesting to find out how many people tested positive after I uh, experienced that very thing that day uh, at that facility. I know about what time I went. I know the day. But it was a very extreme feeling of not death, but close to it. I mean, you know, you feel like you're going to drop to the floor and drop to the ground and with very little energy or power or, or, you know, energy. So I wanted to say that on this podcast, because this Omicron thing is getting out of hand. It's, I always say we should always challenge a single person is in charge of rendering appearance, uh, opinions, medical opinions about this variant. And I think we're, we're embarking on a very dangerous course where we're getting, uh, giving somebody total power and control over our lives. And well, we, we, we now find the Christmas season being in jeopardy. Okay. Everything is shutting down. Businesses are losing money. Uh, venues are losing money, you know, uh, families are being shut down. This is all because of the opinion of one person who's doing their testing. Where are these testing results? You know, when I was a litigating lawyer and did depositions of, of, of doctors, I would ask them what they based their opinions on. And, and sometimes if, if they were rare events, events that were not common, I would ask them, how can you form such an opinion? You've not had enough a data or experience in that area. I had cases like that. And so I say the same thing about Dr. Fauci. If this is rare virus, this is a new variant that you're claiming, there's no way that you could render the appearances, uh, the opinions that you're rendering, because this is new data. If, you, if you're telling the truth, it's new data. You can't form opinions on new data like that. Um... And so I think we have a problem in this nation. I think we have a problem globally. But I think we also have a problem with a control spirit. A control, I mean, it's a convenient control mechanisms, a mechanism. You don't have to do much but say a public health is being threatened without much information. But if we have a military that is spreading chemicals to cause people to feel that they're sick when they're not, then we have a corruption problem. We have a corruption problem with our military and with our government. I'm saying what happened to me, and I have not felt like that since. Now, I have encountered some problems because, you know, chemicals are being disseminated outside my house, but nothing, and my sister's dead, I believe, because of it, but nothing like what I experienced that day. Perhaps that's what she felt. But nothing 
like I experienced that day when I came out of that testing facility. And like I said, I'm willing to go under oath. I really, I'm, I'm willing to do something that, that they're not making Dr. Fauci do. And that's polygraph. Polygraph, you're affecting the whole country and globally. I don't know who's rendering opinions in the other countries, what medical experts or what medical um, people. But certainly I can say this, that uh, we are dealing with a, a, an opinion of one man that's controlling a whole lot of things. And we need to test it. We need to challenge it. Um, I remember when Starbucks first closed down, I said, wow. Here we have an opinion of one doctor closing down businesses. Businesses are failing. Small businesses are failing. People are, are losing, their, losing their jobs and, and so forth. And so I think it's something uh, that we as a people need to challenge. I mean, Hitler, how did he get control? How did Hitler get control and keep control with, to the point six million people died? And then how did we find out that he was a liar and that he was not as credible as he looked? And sometimes, you know, the devil can't win looking like he's corrupt. He has to look credible. And sometimes the most credible uh, looking people are people who are corrupt because they know they have a cover that they must. um, They have a cloak that they must uh, uh, broadcast in order to continue to do their evil deeds. So this doctor is given full power. No challenges are forthcoming. No opposing medical opinions. But I'm telling you what I experienced as a a civilian. And I have no reason. I've held this uh, just to see how far this was go. But of course, when you don't challenge something, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Now, here we are again. And, uh, you know, events are being canceled. Money is being, can- uh, you know, withheld from people because of this so-called variant. And discrimination is rampant. Jobs are being lost. People are losing their livelihoods because of this so-called variant. Well, how about if it's a military variant that it's induced and, and disseminated by our military? Now, you can say, well, that's if that's the case, who's who's profiting from such a thing? I would say the, the, the drug companies. We need to look and see who's getting money from these drug companies to, to promote these theories. Maybe Dr. Fauci himself is getting paid. We need to investigate. We need to find out what's going on. And oh my goodness, I have tried to hang on to the uh, waiver that I signed. Oh, it was an awful waiver. I mean, it was so intrusive and, and so uh, it, it, it involved everything. It, HIPAA is destroyed. Um, I forgot the language of it, but it was certainly disturbing. Disturbing. Uh, to me as an attorney to look at such a waiver. And so I get on here on this podcast to tell you what I experienced personally. Now you say, well, that wasn't my experience or I'm telling you what I experienced and I'm the one and other people are now starting to post videos of 
military planes over their um, spaces, air spaces and so forth. But I'm the one posting videos. I have proof of this. I have proof, actual proof, that those planes were there for a reason. And they weren't there just to be, you know, ex they weren't just exhibitionists. There was something there that they wanted to do, and they did it. I've never felt such thing, such a thing. Uh, but it was coming out of facility and not going in because the planes were there going in. And I'm a little bit accustomed to it, I hate to say, uh, because I've been followed so much. But uh, I, I could categorize what I felt and when I felt it. And so that's what I want to say about this so-called variant. It may be fraud. It may be a fake. Uh, it may be just outright lie. And we're going to have to challenge. If you want to, you know, Hitler had to be challenged in order to regain control of what was lost. And this man has to be challenged. He has to be, uh, his opinions have to be put on the line. I, I think if I were a member of the United States Senate, I would put my reputation on the line and have him polygraphed because so many people are suffering and impacted by his opinions, his wayward and uh, outrageous and fear-instilling opinions. Fear is instilled. Terror is instilled in our country. I'm looking at the long lines, and it's something I had a vision about. Um, I don't know what I had this vision. I always say last year, but there were events in my life that were significantly taking place in the midst of these very long lines. I, I had a vision about that, and the very long lines and people standing in lines. Uh, when I had the vision, I thought it was food lines, but it, it was COVID-19 lines and in the midst of that uh i was i was being um i would say blessed i know what it was it was a type of um blessing that was bestowed upon me and i was like wow how could that be when people standing in these long lines um and so i know what god said to me before and, and i know what he's saying now in very long lines that we're seeing on TV. And so I'm expecting what God said to come to pass. And uh, I know that sometimes God does bless in the middle of very, very dire and um, uh, unfortunate circumstances. I was looking at, uh, just for instance, like... Uh, in, uh, I was looking at Ruth in, in the book of Ruth and, and Moab, the, the country from which she left uh, and uh, where she had to go and seek relief. But she had experienced death in her family. And, uh, you know, it was out of that that she was able to um, find blessings and relief. Uh, that's the way it is. That's what the Bible said. And I looked up, just recently, I looked up Moab to see what was going on there. And a lot of Moab was violence. Violence. I looked it up. It was violence. And part of it was violence in Moab. Uh, and so God can work 
uh, and blessing very, very, very extremely unfortunate circumstances. So that's what I wanted to get on here to say. Look, it's the Sunday before Christmas. And uh, what I want to say, I want everyone, in spite of these circumstances, to have a very blessed holiday, a very best blessed Christmas, and a very blessed, even though I, I probably intend to come on before the new year, but uh, have a very blessed uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. The best to you. I look forward to seeing you again here on The Political Strategist. Talk to you next time.